Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across the Faith FM network, right across Australia. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning. You're with the Double L team filling in for Mon Walsh, is away, Lyle and... Lawson. Great to have on the show. Lawson, what are you thankful for today? I am thankful that my sister, my little sister, is graduating from high school today. So I'm going along to a graduation ceremony tonight and, uh, yeah, hanging out with her. It's going to be pretty good. That's super cool. Guess what I'm grateful for today? What are you grateful for, Lyle? I got halfway down the freeway this morning on my way to work and suddenly realised my headlights weren't not on. Oh, awesome. So well, you know what that means? That means that... Um, Summer is coming! Oh, yep, that's exactly what that <laughs> means. <laughs> yeah, was, Lawson was about to say, that means you're a silly fool and forgot to switch your headlights on and someone was crashing <laughs> No, it means summer is coming and that's always a good thing. <clears throat> but, uh, yes, by the time you hear this, there'll be even more daylight because mm-hmm. this is the delayed broadcast. It's the delayed broadcast, the, the intro for the de- delayed broadcast. Absolutely. So if you want to hear the live show, which is so much better... And you can participate, you can call in, you can have any kind of comment that you want. Then why don't you give us a call and uh, yeah, lobby your lobby your local Faith FM uh, transmitter to move over to the live show, or you can listen to us right now. How do they do that, Lawson? They can jump across to faithfm.com.au and there's like this little round button and it's got this sideways triangle on it, <laughs> and you just click that and bam. Or you can get the TuneIn app on your phone and look up Faith FM and favorite us and listen to us wherever you are in the world where you have a signal. And of course, make sure you get the free version of the app. It's very simple. When it asks you for money, just hit the X in the top of the page and then it will just work for yep. free. It's best hack ever. Dude, yep. <clears throat> okay, so coming up in today's show, we're going to be talking about a number of uh, fascinating stories, one of them being uh, the Trump movie. Yep. Um, so the Trump Prophecies movie, I should say, mm-hmm. is being released across theaters theaters in the United States this year. Uh, and, and sorry, this week. And as a result of that, you know, people are wondering, well, what are these Trump prophecies all about? And who is this prophet that is making all these prophecies about Trump? And why are they mm-hmm. making a movie about it? Uh, why are they making a film about it? And uh, and so we're going to be talking a little bit about that. We also have uh, David Storjic coming in to mm-hmm. do his uh, his usual section. And this one is one that you need to listen to because it is all about dealing with, living with, associating with difficult and challenging people. Mm-hmm. So people with personality disorders, and about that's about 10% wow. of the population. So we all live with difficult people, uh, people with personality disorders or borderline personality disorders. What we need to know is what actually drives, what is the driving force uh, behind those personality disorders, and uh, yeah, how do we deal with that? That much and more on today's show. Stay tuned. Blinding light 
Matthew Mole with you and your crown here on Faith FM. Hey, Lawson. Yes. What's our quiz today? Our quiz. <laughs> give me one. Our quiz. Here is Lawson madly scrambling to find the quiz because he doesn't have this quiz ready this morning. I don't know what you're talking about. These are, these are false allegations. This, is, this okay. is Lawson trying to stretch across the room with one hand to grab the quiz while still being able to be in front of the microphone with the other hand. <laughs> All right. Um, today we have a what book am I quiz? Okay. Okay. One of 66. So, so that's already, that's already, uh, it's already, you know, <coughs> narrowing narrow it, it down. All right. So our first clue of today is, quote, break up your unplowed ground for it is time to seek the Lord until he comes and showers righteousness on you. Mm, Ooh. Early rain and the former rain. Uh, it's fullness. Yeah. I got a pretty good idea. He's got a pretty good is. idea. Remember, if you, if you know what this is and, you know, we've just given you some, some words, some key words that you can go and look up on your Bible app or whatever, you can call us in at 1-800-324-843 or give us a text on 0491064669 and you can claim double prizes because Lyle still hasn't gotten it yet. Mm, I'm pretty close. He, I'm but he, he knows what's up. He, he's pretty close. So, But if you, if you know your <laughs> well, Bible, I've narrowed you know it down answer. to about two or three books. Okay. In fact, there's only one book that I can think of that's coming to mind. It's at the top of my head. You should always go with your gut. Mm-hmm. What should I do? Should I should I have a stab at it now or should I wait? Maybe I'll wait. He's gonna he's gonna wait, wait it out. So that means you, a, you have an opportunity for double prizes. One eight hundred three two four eight four three is our number. 
epic. Epic. All right. Good news. Yes. Positively good news. We have Epically got some some really, really, really good news today. All right. Some global scale news. Mm-hmm. So, like, as you know, um, pollution, uh, you know, global warming, all of these things are, uh, you know, are one of, is, is one of the biggest crises facing our world. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's just crazy everything that's going on. You know, you <laughs> want to talk about... If you know, if you want to talk about air pollution and the greenhouse effect and everything on that, or plastic pollution, or all these different things, um, yeah, it's just crazy. Like you know, the the rate in which we're destroying this world is is at a is completely really quite remarkable. Where we've gone past the point of sustainability, and we we know, like, man, if we keep going down this route, you know, it's gonna it's gonna come crashing down. Um, but this is epic. So, um, in the his- in a historical milestone for the oceanic conservation, the much-anticipated ocean cleanup initiative that was created by a Dutch teenager has successfully set sail and is undergoing its final round of tests before tidying up the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. Mm. This is amazing news. So, you know about the Great Pacific Garbage Patch? Yeah. yeah. It's like this massive patch of plastic that's floating, floating in out. the ocean and the currents have basically swirled around until yeah. it... Um, you know, like I guess it's a little bit like when you watch... Um, um, rubbish floating down a river where you mm-hmm. get an eddy or so forth. It'll concentrate all of the sticks yep. and the, anything that's floating, it'll concentrate in one area. The ocean is a large river, mm-hmm. effectively. Yeah. Um, with currents flowing all over the place. <coughs> and uh, the moon is, of course, the global pump that pumps the ocean so that those currents keep flowing. Yeah. And if it wasn't for the moon, if, we, if, if our planet didn't have a moon, our planet would be dead because the ocean would be stagnant. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Interesting thought, isn't it? You know, perfectly balanced, perfectly created, just for life. Yeah. But all right. So this uh, this device, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so so continuing on. Um, so this was originally the the brainchild of a Dutch teenager um, who did a TED talk about his ingenious plan to clean up the garbage patch. Um, basically, what he's created is there's so this is something that came out of a TED talk. Yeah. Wow. This is amazing. So it's this six hundred <coughs> meter long. Um, floating uh, tube, you could say, that has a skirt underneath it. The tube's about comes about, I think it's ten foot off the surface of you know the ocean, mm-hmm. um, and then the skirt underneath it is is another, I think about six foot deep, and basically um, it naturally forms this U shape. And it just like floats around and goes with the current. And, you know, as we know, because of the currents, it's, that's why all the, mm-hmm. the plastic is coming together. It just floats around and goes with the current and just collects all the rubbish into a concentrated area, which then a boat can come and like pick the rubbish up and take it back to shore and recycle it. Fantastic. And this is this is epic because in the nineties when they discovered the ocean, the you know the garbage patch, mm-hmm. which is actually which is double the size of t- Texas and about the size of Queensland, like yeah, this, yeah, is this is massive, massive, this massive patch of just garbage floating in the ocean, just pollution. Mm-hmm. Um, when they discovered this, uh, scientists originally said like this is going to take one thousand years to clean up. Like we're never going to be able to clean this up. This is irreversible. Yep. They believe that in five years, with they're, they're going to be deploying multiple, you know, systems. They're testing the, the you know, this news is about how yeah, they, the, they're, the they're test, testing the, the test first one, one um, yeah. which is System 001, dubbed Wilson, which I think is probably a reference to Castaway or something. <laughs> um, but 
they reckon that in five years, they can clean up 50% of the ocean patch. And then in the next 10 years after that, they'll get rid of it. Wow. This is so amazing. This is so good because it's so good for our planet and it's so good for our environment. But the, the amazing thing about this is that, you know, with any ocean cleanup endeavor, the big thing that people worry about is the marine life that goes with it. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, you know, what if we're picking up, you know, rubbish in some massive way? Like, you know, if we've, we've made some big device to pick up a huge amount of rubbish at one time, um, like we'll kill the, the wildlife that's, that's, you know, maybe swimming in amongst it or whatever. And this is why scientists said, like, it's going to take a thousand years to clean up because they're like, okay, if we take out the factor of, you know, if we try and preserve as much marine life as possible. So there's a possible, whole ecosystem living here now. Yeah. <clears throat> and they're going to wipe out a new ecosystem. But what they've actually, what this plan does is because it has this skirt underneath, it makes this current that like swimming wildlife, I don't know exactly how this works, but swimming wildlife will be able to, will be sucked down by the current while the plastic flows to the top and they'll just go straight under and be just sucked out while all the plastic that's floating to the top just like goes into the, into the, to the, to the U shape and like everything's all good and you don't kill anything. That's pretty cool. You know where I'd go if I was a shark, don't you? Where? I'd swim around the back of that skirt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just like, is there, there's your food just pouring out the bottom of this skirt. <laughs> just swim along and just like, would have to be the best. Man, it's it's so good. Free that, dinner right there. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's so good that people are just taking note and they want to, they want to do something. That's right. Absolutely. Because this actually, like, this, this came from a TED Talk. This kid just got up and he was just like, hey, I've come up with this invention that could clean the ocean. Initially, like, he started a GoFundMe or a Kickstarter, which, like, within, you know, a month raised $2.5 million. You know, because people, people really want to see this happen. Yeah. And then this, people, this is a cause that people are getting behind. For sure. And then, like, big business saw, like, oh, man, there's an opportunity here to actually do something. Mm-hmm. And so, he just has, you know, millions of dollars have been pouring in from investors to the point now there's, you know, working on this. It's called the, you know, the Ocean, um, the ocean Cleanup Initiative. They've got hundreds of scientists um, and engineers and, you know, just general mechanics and workers putting these things together, developing the technology. It's fully sustainable. There's no fuel. It's all solar powered because they've got, you know, cameras and sensors and different platforms because this thing's like 600 meters long, you know. It basically is propelled by drift, right? Yeah. So, so there's nice. so there's just no you know <coughs> then using it's fully renewable as well they're using nothing to power it and it's just like I, I honestly believe you know because the Bible says in in Revelation um, I'm pretty sure it's in eleven verse eight is where it says um, I'll destroy those who destroy the earth right absolutely that's what the Bible says and yeah. the Bible <coughs> the so Bible the, is made of stewards of the earth and the word steward yeah. means a manager yeah. You know, the Bible's given us a responsibility to to look after the earth. And I like I truly believe that this guy has been inspired by God in a way that like, oh, man, I need to do something about this crisis of pollution that we have. And he's just been given like this is a kid who's just been given this ingenious idea to clean up the entire ocean. And now all these people are getting behind it. And it, and it shows me like, you know, it's easy for people um you know, we've seen in, in various wars and different things, like people can so easily um, go after bad causes, you know, mm. and, and, and fall into the selfishness of oh, their look at heart. How, look at how many billions and billions of dollars are being spent on warfare right yeah. now around the world. It's just sickening, you know, the and the, and the absolute squandering of resources that goes mm. into warfare just for the purpose of killing people. 
And, uh, you know, this is a drop in the bucket compared to what yeah. happens in, in, in war, but it's just fantastic to it's see. A, yeah, it's just to place. see that people are doing good things, that we're banding together <laughs> and coming together to support, you know, the earth and to support each other. Humans have the capability to solve our... We do have the capability to solve, you know, most of our problems. The one thing that we can't solve is ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the only thing that that can only be solved through the power of Jesus Christ. This is Torin Wells with Hills and Valleys. Among the shadows, you wiped my tears away, and I felt the pain of heartbreak, and I've seen the brighter days, and I've prayed prayers to heaven from my lowest place, and I have held your blessings, God, you give and take away. No matter what I have, your grace is
You're listening to Oren Wells, Hills and Valleys, here on Faith FM. And as we move on with today's show, we have a second clue for our quiz. Yes. By the way, there's one prize available. Oh, yes. My, yeah. my gut was right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Lyle in the break, he's like, yeah, no, I know what it is. And he just, he just, he just goes straight up and he just tells me, I'm like... Uh, you're right. Um, but anyways, you still have the opportunity for the prize. So if you want to call us up on 1-800-324-843 or give us a text on 0491064669, you can claim it if you know who this is. Okay, the next clue is, the word of the Lord came to my author during the reigns of Isaiah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah. So this person was a long-lived individual. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and... Uh Yes, it's a, a, a basically a uh, yeah, it's a lifelong a lifelong story that you find um, within the pages of this book. That's some extra hints right mm. there. Well, there you go. There you go. Okay, um, <coughs> Lawson, are you familiar with the Trump prophecy? The Trump prophecy. Yeah. No, I have no idea what that is. Okay, that's, Trump, that's interesting. The Trump prophecy I, is a yeah. is, is a religious movement that sees Donald Trump as the fulfillment of Bible prophecy. Ooh. It takes a number of different forms. <laughs> um, I met a pastor. Um, some time ago who, you know, when I mentioned that, you know, I'd, I'd written a course um, called The Prophetic Code. And if anyone likes to do, do my Prophetic Code course, then give us a call on 1-800-324-843. You can do that course for free. <coughs> um, but I was talking to you, you know, I've written this this course and uh, and, and, and he mentioned that, um, um, or, and that we were using this course with our Bible workers. He mentioned that the uh, he, he was super excited about prophecy as well. Yeah. Particularly, you know, what was happening in the world right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, I'm agreeing with this so far. This sounds good. And he, then he says, you know, particularly what's happening in America. And I'm like, yeah, this guy's on the money. And then he's like, you know, with a new president. I'm like, okay, where's this going to go? Um, I can see some fulfillments of prophecy here for sure. And then he goes, yeah, because the Bible talks about the last Trump. Ooh. And at that particular point, he completely lost me. <laughs> because the last Trump, of course, is the trumpet call made by Jesus Christ when he returns yep. to this earth at the second coming. It's got nothing to do with Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, okay, this pastor has not actually read his Bible. And it sort of made me wonder what he was actually preaching in his church. Yeah. That's not actually the Trump prophecy. The Trump prophecy movement is a group of evangelical Christians who believe that Trump has been called into power by God and that this is the fulfillment of a number of uh, evangelical prophets who prophesied that this would take place. So I guess if you are making prophecies before a election, and I imagine that there would have been several that would have also been prophesying that Hillary Clinton would win, you've got a 50-50 chance of your prophecy being fulfilled, <laughs> and so therefore you've got uh, an opportunity to establish a certain level of credibility. Mm-hmm. This is based around the prophecy of one Mark Taylor, uh, who has made 23 uh, what he calls prophetic inspirations about Donald Trump, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so um, we'll, we'll, we'll look at some of those if we if we get a chance here in a minute. But um, so w- what's happened is that uh, Liberty University over there, of course, has now produced a movie based around uh, this individual's Trump prophecies. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first of his prophecies, all, all, of course, focusing on that Trump would be elected. Uh, that he would become you know, the new president and that his purpose in the presidency was to make America and Israel great. 
Mm-hmm. It's interesting how they always have to throw uh, Israel, Israel into, yeah, the, into wow. that mix right wow. there. <coughs> uh, because, you know, as Australians, I'd love to see Australia become great too. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> Pity we missed out. Um, and, uh, of course, this movie is about to be released. It will be shown in over 1,200 theatres across the United States. Wow. Now, you have various levels of um, support for the, for the mm-hmm. Trump prophecy movement. Um, you've got your, your big-time evangelicals mm-hmm. who may not actually support Mark Taylor but who are publicly preaching that God intervened in the election to ensure that Donald Trump was elected. Mm-hmm. And so they, these include um, evangelical heavyweights like Franklin Graham, Robert yeah, Jeffries, wow. George Barner, Paula White, etc., who see, see Donald Trump, who is you know, unashamedly the most irreligious president the United States has ever had. <laughs> wow. Um, they sort, sort of see him as a modern Cyrus. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was, you know, pagan but helped God's people kind of thing. Yeah. Um, <coughs> and they see that the election of Donald Trump has, has created an environment in which the land can be healed um, and religious rival, revival can sweep across the United States, thus making the United States great again. And do I want to see healing of the land? Do I want to see religious lot revival? Absolutely, but it mm-hmm. needs to be based on the Bible. Yeah. Not on, you know, speculative... Uh, prophecies. Mark Taylor began receiving these prophecies after it re- retiring for, as a, as a fire uh, as a fiery. Mm-hmm. He was a um, he was a fiery beforehand. Um, at that time, and he continues to suffer from depression, insomnia, PTSD, and suicidal thoughts. Um, he claims to have had visits from angels, demons, and God. Which you know, <coughs> when I read that, there, it immediately makes me ask myself the question: Okay. I need to test this. Mm-hmm. You know, is this a prophecy that comes from God or is this the product of, you know, having taken a few too many drugs somewhere mm-hmm. in his past and is it a product of his mental illness? Yeah, wow. Well. Um, and one of the first things that crops up is that out of all 23 of his prophecies, they are absolutely supportive of Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Okay, think about this, Lawson. Name me a prophet in the Bible who supported rather than critiqued the head of state during the time of their prophecy. <laughs> yeah, wow. That's... that's now, oh. I can name some. I can name some, all right? <clears throat> Here you have them. There are about three or four of them in the Bible. Mm-hmm. You have Hanani. Mm-hmm. He prophesied the restoration of Jerusalem in two years, uh, whereas Jeremiah said it would be 70 years. Mm-hmm. Um. You have Zedekiah of Chenanah, son of Chenanah. Um, so not the Zedekiah that wrote the book of the Bible, Zedekiah, son of Chenanah, who um, preached the destruction of the Syrians um, within a short space of time that they'd be wiped out by um, by Ahab, uh, by the uh, Israelites. Mm-hmm. Then you have um, Shemaiah, um, who uh, prophesied, um, you know the restoration of the um, of the um, of of Israel again mm-hmm. in much shorter time period than Jeremiah. You have Ahab and Jehoshaphat. They get together. Ahab has a whole bunch of his own prophets. He's hired them because there is a prophet of God there. Mm-hmm. 
in fact, there were um, Elijah was alive during the time of Ahab as well. But he 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 tells Jehoshaphat that he doesn't like the prophets of God because they all pro- always prophesy bad things about him. <laughs> so he's hired a bunch of prophets, and they say nice and good things about him and how that you know he's going to be uh, you know they're going to destroy the um, the Syrians and so forth. And the prophet of God, Micaiah, comes along and says, "Yeah, you know what? You're going to die in this battle." Mm-hmm. And he's like, "See, I told you, the prophet of God only ever says bad things." <laughs> so these are the prophets that 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 rather than critiquing the heads of state, are uh, actually um, supporting the heads of state. I think the question asked now was, did their prophecies come true? Well, this is a very important question because the Bible says that we need to test the spirits. And once again, I met somebody one time who said that to test the spirits was to show a lack of faith. Mm -hmm. And that if you test the spirits, you show that lack of faith, then you've cut yourself off from God. You're in danger of committing the unpardonable sin. Mm. Um, But uh, the Bible says... First of all, Isaiah chapter 8 and verse 20, it says to the law and through the testimony. Mm. If they speak not according to this word, it's because there is no light in them. Yeah, wow. Um, so we need to bring every prophecy to the test of God's word. If it then passes that, Jeremiah 28, 9 kicks in where the Bible says when somebody makes a predictive prophecy, and this is the other thing, the vast majority of the work of the Old Testament prophets or the, of the biblical prophets was not predictive. Mm. The vast majority of the work of these new prophets that we have today is prediction. Yeah. Because that's sensational, that's exciting, that's catching people's attention, that's putting money in their bank account. And um, pardon my cynicism, but we need to bring people. I I believe in the gift of prophecy. Don't Mm -hmm. get me wrong. God has not stopped using the gift of prophecy, but we need to be smart as Christians and not foolish. Mm. Jeremiah 28 verse 9, the Bible says, When their prophecies come to pass, and one of those, when it happens, you know that this person may be a true prophet if their prophecies fulfill you know, the other tests. Matthew 7 verse 20, By their fruits you shall know them. What kind of a life do they live? 1 John 4 verse 2, Do they confess that Jesus Christ came in the flesh? Deuteronomy 18 verse 9 through 12, Do they have any contact with the dead? Mm. Anyone, or claim possible contact with the dead, anyone who does not fulfill these uh, tests of a prophet is a false prophet. A flower grows And I believe that somewhere In the darkest night A candle glows I believe for everyone Who goes astray Someone will
Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8, or 88 right across Australia. As we do on a regular basis, on a weekly basis, we have Pastor David Stojic joining us to talk about this time, uh, well, uh, physical, mental, and spiritual health, but to continue talking about uh, people with personality disorders, particularly high-conflict people. That's right. Now, over the last couple of weeks, um, David, you've spoken to us about um, the social life and how it impacts our health, how important it is, how God designed and created us to be at our best when we're connected to him and you know and and others um, and that we are created as relational beings that's right um, so we want to enjoy good health physically mentally and spiritually we need to make sure that we have good social support and uh, a good social life that's right um, on the other hand a lack of social support um, and constantly interacting with high conflict people our subject for the day um, will adversely affect our health and you mentioned last time that around 10% of people fall into the category of high conflict um, that's a significant number and means that we all then associate with high that, conflict people that's right so so one in statistically one in 10 people we meet falls into this category of, of uh, high conflict or difficult people and as we mentioned last time uh, they 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 can easily take up to ninety percent of our time. So so for people who work with people, uh, <laughs> this is a fairly as a large as a large part of what uh, of what you and I do in pastoral work. That's right. So ten so percent of people can take ninety percent of our time. Yeah. Okay. So now there seems to be a common thread of behaviour. Um, that is characteristic for all difficult people. You mentioned uh, people that are rigid, manipulative, confrontational, angry, vindictive. They lie, they con, they rage. Uh, they have a victim mentality. They can be hostile. They can blame other people. There's a lack of self-reflection. They can be uncompromising, punishing, even defense and defensive, and sometimes even charming. That's correct. That's correct. And as we go through through our you know through our talk this morning, you will see we'll <laughs> we'll particularly uh, mention one profile that can be quite charming. Mm. Uh, so so yeah, there is a definite uh, definite pattern uh, there, uh, Lyle. Apart from those traits that you have just mentioned, high conflict people display an acute lack of self-awareness uh, they, they, uh, uh, and they also definitely don't want to change they, they, they lack that will mm. to change uh, because really they're in denial why changing something if it's not my fault and, and I don't have a problem you have it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, sure. and so, so, so they, as you mentioned they, they, they externalize their responsibility they blame others it's your fault not mine and and they have the the acute lack of empathy. Mm. They're not very empathetic people. They they look after number one, but certainly not somebody else. You know, so it's uh, they feel angry and they they they're generally overwhelmed with life. Mm, that's that's good to know. the The question that I and probably I'm sort of thinking a lot of other people would like to answer have answered is what what is it that drives these people? Why do they why do they behave the way they do? Uh, this is really a great question, Lyle, uh, which can be tackled from a few different angles. Let me start with the behavioral science uh, or psychology uh, angle, and then we'll also try to cover it from, of course, our, our common area, the, the, spiritual, the, the, perspective. the spiritual perspective. Yeah. Uh, psychology explains these behaviors as these difficult people's behaviors as, as personality disorders. Uh, and there are five high conflicting personalities 
and they are driven by one thing. One thing, and that's the fear. Oh, you're kidding. <laughs> They're all driven by fear. So every high-conflict person, it's been every driven by fear. Every high-conflict uh, personality or person is driven by one thing, and that's fear. Emotional wow. fear. Are there fears based on different things? Uh, yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, uh, they are. Um, they definitely are. And let, 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 let's, uh, let's name the five high conflict personality disorders and see what kind of fear each of these personalities uh, or personality disorders uh, is driven by. Um, and, and here I need to acknowledge the source uh, from which I actually am gathering a lot of this information. It's, it's uh, Bill Eddy. And Bill Eddy is an author that is, that is kind of uh, very much used out there, uh, you know, uh, with by people who are dealing with people in the area of uh, of, of relationships or of, or of mediation, because mediators need to know what kind of people they, 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 they're dealing with. And so, so um, he uh, deals with, with uh, uh, you know, those five, five difficult, uh, difficult types of people, high-conflict people. The first one of them is what they call borderline uh, high, high con- conflict personalities, uh, you know, type, and and their fear, the fear of borderline personalities or borderline uh, people who have borderline disorder, personality disorder, is fear of feeling abandoned, fear of abandon ab- abandonment, mm. um, and here are some of the traits, uh, Lyle. Um, they actually uh, they suffer from idealization, or Exactly the opposite, devaluation of others. So when they when they when they when their expectations of others do not uh, materialize, then they become extremely agitated and angry. Uh, they they are unstable. They have very unstable self image. They have very impulsive behavior. They have sudden mood swings. They actually even have suicidal behavior or make threats of suicide. Um, they, they are very empty on the inside. They suffer from this inner emptiness. Um, they actually have this paranoia, and, and or, or they actually can disassociate themselves. You know, they can be present, but really in in in, in some ways absent. Uh, and and uh, they have this need to feel attached, uh, and 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 they're always connecting. So that that also can go back into their childhood. Uh, where they haven't formed uh, at the proper attachments with their, with their primary carers, with their parents. Mm, mm. And so that reflects. So there's this constant fear of abandonment. Wow. Yeah. What percentage of people suffer from uh, borderline okay. personality yeah. disorder? Um, basically, the, the according to a journal of clinical psychiatry, uh, which is an American journal, but the statistics is prevalent and similar, very much similar uh, in the Western world, around 6%, around 6% of people would suffer from uh, uh, BPD or borderline personality disorder. Can I just jump in there for a second? So 
Does that mean we've got 10% that have personality disorder? That's right. And 5.6% of them are borderline, or is the 5.66% over and above that 10%? Uh, no, no, no. They're part of that uh, 10%. Part of that 10%. Uh, so, so, so within that 10% of difficult people, yes. just over half of them are borderline. That's right. And then the other half. The others are, we'll, we'll mention which uh, they yeah, are yeah, in yeah, a moment. Okay. So, mm-hmm. so, and it's kind of interesting, uh, Lyle, uh, <laughs> to, to see how, how this, this borderline personality disorder breaks between the gender. Genders, uh, you know. So, so, what do you think? Which gender, male or female? Oh, David, you shouldn't ask me this I'm question. I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be politically correct this morning, and I'm going to say, let, let's put it evenly between male and female. Can I do that? That's very safe. That's very safe. <laughs> that's right. safe, I'm just like safe I'm staying safe with this one. But, but you're not far from the from the truth. There, you know, according to the um, to the Journal of Clinical Psychiatry. Um, and there are a few versions. Uh, there are a few actual editions. Um, two thousand uh, four, two thousand eight, two thousand and eight. Again, twice dealt with this topic. The, the, this the spread or the breakdown between male and female is almost even. Males just slightly higher problem with males. Fifty three percent of those six percent, you know, uh, who are suffering from borderline personality disorder are males. And forty-seven percent are females. So now, does that vary once you start going through the different kinds of fear that drives it? It does, because women would be afraid of things that men wouldn't be it, afraid it, of, and vice versa. That's right. Okay. It, it does vary, and it will become very, very evident as we go through our conversation. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, uh, you mentioned that there are five um, high conflict personality disorders. Um, we've already discussed. Um, you know, person, one. <laughs> one of one of those four. There's another four that we need to work our way through. What we're going to do is um, we're going to take a break, listen to a song. We're back in just a moment, and we'll have the rest for you.
Welcome back, everybody. You're here on Faith FM. We have David Stoyjik joining us to talk about uh, this morning. Dealing with difficult people. And uh, borderline personality disorders. That's right. David, you mentioned there were five. We've uh, f- or- five different disorders. Yeah, five different disorders. We've all already fe- d- done with the... the um, borderline personality yep, disorder. The, the borderline uh, personality disorder, which ha- which has the fear of feeling abandoned. That's right. But left were, alone. Yeah, left alone. You said there were five fears that drive it. That's right. Well, five uh, fear is a driver of all personality disorders. Okay. And, yes. But but they are those who suffer from personality disorders are afraid of different things. Yes. <laughs> yes. Right. Five different fear of five different things. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll get there. I'll get there eventually, David. I'll <laughs> that's, get there eventually. No, it's great. It's great. No yeah. worries. Um, can you tell us about uh, some of these other? Um, okay, so so, so we mentioned borderline personality disorder, and we mentioned that that around six uh, percent of all the disorders kind of are people with borderline personality disorder. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, out of those ten percent, say we said ten percent of people out there suffer from. Personality disorders. Yep. But so out of those ten percent, um, we we have we have uh, males that are fifty three percent, and females that are forty seven percent. But generally speaking, um, out of out of that is is out of all the difficult people, a personality disorder, borderline personality disorder is about six percent. Mm-hmm. All right. So so the second one um, that we that, oh let me just mention which they are. So they are narcissistic uh, personality disorder, histrionic, antisocial and paranoid. And so let's just um, maybe we we'll start with narcissistic, <laughs> shall we? Let's just tell, basically... tell us tell us what is a narcissist. I think we've all come across <laughs> them at times. We we kind of got a bit of a rough idea, but you 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 say that um, well the research says that Narcissistic people are actually driven by fear. That's right. How does that work? Well, um, we mentioned that borderline people are afraid of abandonment, Mm -hmm. Uh, but narcissistic people, the driver, the fear that drives them is fear of feeling inferior. Mm. So they need to do everything to show actually that they are superior. (laughs) So, 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 so that their fear of of being lesser, subdominant, not on top. And so, so um, they have grandiose sense of self-importance. Uh, they have fantasies of success, power, and brilliance. Um, they they feel that they deserve special treatment, uh, that they command admiration, or they demand it if they if they can't get it. Uh, they have this sense of entitlement. Entitlement uh, also. It's interesting. Why you know they also have lack of empathy. Uh, they're envious. Uh, they're arrogant. But we mentioned that some of the personality disorders can be charming, and narcissistic uh, personality disorder or people who have that kind of problem, they can be very charming in order to achieve their their their, their goals. That's amazing, isn't it? Because yeah. yeah, I know some narcissistic people, just the most charming people on the planet. That's right. Yeah. So, so not easy people to deal with, especially if you're not aware 
what their needs are mm. and when we are aware of what their needs are we can we can approach it from an angle that actually can be helpful to them uh, so would you like to know what they break down percentage wise uh, male to female male to female is? i would love to know what the breakdown here is i've got a i've got a hunch where this one might go but i'm just not going to go there <laughs> so generally speaking uh, probably ladies who are listening to this program would be rather pleased that that only about 38% in looking at the, the male-female kind of breakdown of percentages, only about 30%, 38% of ladies would have narcissistic um, uh, that or that, that yeah. type of disorder. Uh, 30%, 38% of narcissists would be female. That's right. And yeah. 62% would be, would be, would be males. Ooh. So we have a problem. Houston. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, let's so, move on. What's this? This, this, um, this next one fascinates me. Histrionic. Okay. So histrionic is not as common. Only about 1.8% of people would, would, would have the, um, have this kind of disorder and uh, I, I suppose histrionic is in the root of that word is hysteric <laughs> you know, a bit okay a bit about history i was trying to figure out how, how history comes into this but it's that's, actually come from hysteric that's right mm-hmm. and, and so uh, their fear uh, people who suffer from this personality disorder they fear that drives them is fear of being ignored so they actually have to be drama queens out there you know so they're demanding attention or kings or kings or yeah. kings let me be or politically kings. correct <laughs> uh, so so uh, they need to be the, cen- uh, the center of attention uh, they are fairly in a way superficial uh, type of people um they can be inappropriately seductive or provocative. So it's kind of see you see these extremes, mm. ju- just like in 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 um, in, in the narcissistic narcissistic or uh, disorder. Uh, they have the um, they they're worried about their physical uh, appearance and and they they like to draw attention by their their physical appearance. Um, um, it's kind of interesting that when it comes to the way they express themselves, that their speech is not based on details. They, 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 they are kind of, they are more like impressionistic. You know, if you, if you think about impressionism in the art, you know, where they're broad strokes, you know, of the brush. So, so histrionic type of people are more like impressionistic. Uh, in the, in the, some people can't even follow them. Mm. <laughs> you know, they're dramatic, theatrical, they like to exaggerate, uh, and they misjudge relationships. They, they sometimes think that the relationships are deeper than they actually are. And again, the breakdown is very similar, male-female, uh, males about 51%, and, and females 49% hmm. of them actually uh, suffer from yeah. from that uh, histrionic... That is a very, very um, even balance even, there, really. Even, even, yeah. even. And so there is another one, which is... Which is the antisocial one. Tell, antiso- us, tell antisocial. us about being antisocial. And this is interesting. Again, another fear, uh, somewhat similar, somewhat similar to narcissistic, mm-hmm. but manifests itself in a very different way. Uh, this fear is about fear of, be- of feeling dominated, uh, that they are afraid of, of that kind of feeling of being dominated. Um, uh, they, they, they kind of are the people that do not really care much about, about social norms. They, they frequently violate them. Um, they're deceptive, 
lying and and conning they they really the truth is a problem you know when it comes to them uh, they they they're irritable and aggressive uh, they actually said to say this profile enjoys hurting people mm. uh, they don't they they have lack of remorse uh, they are irresponsible and they have this tremendous need so while they don't want anybody to, to, to dominate them they actually have the need to dominate others wow what's and, what's the, what's um, I, I fear what you might say on the gender split on this one? <laughs> yeah, I think you're, 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 you're uh, maybe gonna, maybe my fear is going to drive me to being antisocial. But um. <laughs> so, so your your probably guess is if I'm reading it correctly is correct. So males males are far more uh, far more uh, prone to have this this um, antisocial uh, personality disorder. About seventy four percent of males and twenty six percent of females mm. uh, and. Um, Finally, the fifth one is paranoid, mm-hmm. uh, and and paranoid people or people who actually suffer from the paranoid personality disorder, uh, they they are afraid of being betrayed. Uh, they have they're constantly examining and questioning their friends' loyalties. Uh, they are fearful of confiding in others. They don't really have anyone that they can talk with, uh, you know, openly, uh, or very few people. They bear grudges for a long time. And, and so on and so on. So that basically wraps. Uh, and, and the spread of male and female, actually, it's interesting that, that when it comes to paranoid, females here lead yep. by about 57% of, of, the, of the cases and 43% by males. Okay, so let's just jump then right to the, to the crux of this. What is it? What what is it that drives away fear? Let's let's let's. How, how do we deal with fear? Uh, I love it, and that's where the spiritual be- the dimension comes from. Uh, uh, people who who are driven by fear, uh, they haven't discovered a wonderful wonderful invitation uh, by Jesus. Mm. They, they haven't discovered the, the God of love. Jesus says, "Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and and I will give you my rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me." And, and you know, you know the verse. Uh, Perfect says, love drives know, out fear. Uh, but but then, when we talk about God, Lyle, mm. you and I know that the primary, the most essential attribute of God is love. Mm. And and in First John, in First John four eight, it says God is love. And then in verse eighteen, it says there in the same chapter, there is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. So, from the spiritual perspective, our our orderliness, our ability to function, our way to combat personality disorders is to have God of love in our life, and uh, and then. The fear and love are mutually exclusive based on the Bible. Thank you so much for joining us, David. We'll be back right after this. Where there is no one 
Because you help me.